What's up, everyone? I am Caesar Walker. And I'm Ronnie Gatry. And guys, of course, we're the Tipping Point Podcast. Listen, we want to thank you guys for your support of the podcast, tuning in for our latest episode. Guys, you know, it's always our job and our goal to provide you with premium content as best we can. Unfortunately, guys, we had some technical difficulties, hence the name. Um, I'm a little annoyed about it, um, given that I'm the cool one, but, uh, we're just going to press through. It happens when we're dealing with technology. We're not in the Rudio, you know, as a result of the pandemic. Um, but we just want you guys to be on alert. Uh, you just want you to know that we have not fallen off, but, but we do take full responsibility for the podcast being broken up and you'll know when those breakups happen. But again, uh, enjoy the podcast as best you can. And thanks again for tuning in. Calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well articulated nonsense. One more <laughs> Andy. Walker! Peace and blessings, beloveds. We want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. Uh, Of course, you can find us on pretty much every streaming platform. Whichever one is that you choose, we ask that you subscribe, follow us, leave a five-star review, show us love, leave comments on our podcast if you are a SoundCloud listener. And uh, guys, continue to support us wherever we are. We're also on social media. You can find that information as well as our YouTube page on our website. Gatchery, what is that website? That is the tippingpoint.com, T-H-A, tippingpoint.com. Thank you, sir. And with that, we shall start the show. And I am I have actually lost count of what episode this is. I'm uh, assuming it's 79, no, I think. That's 77. No, no, no. We're definitely past 77. You sure, Walker? I think so. Okay. I think so. We're up there, though. We'll find We're out. We'll find out by the time people are seeing and listening to this because it'll be in the description. Uh, they are. They are. <laughs> Don't do that. How have you been? I've been doing fantastic. Walker, can I share something with you, sir? Go ahead. There's a difference in this particular recording than recordings in the past, especially during the season of quarantine. Um, do you mind? Talk to me. What's up? Today before the podcast, I did something that I haven't done in months. Um, talking about pre-podcasting, and that is I ate a well-balanced lunch. I was not coming to the recording hungry. I was not the uh, deranged or distracted from, uh, you know, you know, when you're hungry, you're not yourself, you know, Snickers commercials and stuff like that. So um, anyway, I, I did a better job of managing my time today. And um, I said, you know what? Before we record, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to eat. I'm going to see how that impacts my energy for the podcast and listeners and viewers. I wish you could have seen pre-pod because Walker and I were in our element, or at least I was. Um, You were definitely in your element. Yes. And Walker, that is, has everything to do with proper nutrition. 
So let me ask you this. So proper nutrition makes you annoying. <laughs> is that what I, that is? Is that I what you're saying? It, I guess it all depends on how you look at it. <laughs> Were you annoyed by my antics, Walker? Um. Mm, mm, okay, good, good. That's what I okay. thought. Um, <laughs> slight segue here, Walker. <laughs> Speaking of uh, balanced nutrition, um, Weight Watchers weight loss update. Um, I'm only down one pound this week, but so, but, but as long as I'm not going to total of that, this is eleven. So we're at eleven right now. There you go. Yeah. So I need to chill. I know it's just. Just man, there's so much sacrifice that takes place, and it's just like in your mind, you're thinking, man, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow, six packed up, you know, 40 pounds lighter, just because I, um, you know, I did see it in the office we had some cake, and somebody brought a cake by, and I saw that, and I was like, mm, as much as I want that, I got bigger goals, so I'm gonna act like this cake isn't here. So for that, I feel like I should be rewarded, you know, less, you know, 10 less pounds, but it didn't work that way. I get it. I get it. But no, um, I'm happy that, again, we're trending downwards in terms of weight, not the other direction. So I need to accept that and move on with that. Uh, also, Walker, in terms of uh, fitness, uh, health, all that stuff, as mentioned last week, I returned to the gym. Uh, Meemaw Ivy, as you know, in, in Alabama, opened everything back up. Uh, and you asked me to let you know how that went. And so I am following uh, I'm following up on that promise I made to you and uh, early Tuesday morning, Walker, I was very, very nervous, extremely timid driving to the gym because I just didn't know what to expect. But um, and seeing that, seeing the accommodations that I, that my gym made uh, to in light of the CDC uh, recommendations and things like that, I found myself very comfortable during the warm up. So. Um, I guess what's I guess the biggest picture or the biggest part of this I want you to see Walker is um, I noticed as soon as that workout wrap wrapped up when I got in the car and came home I felt like my normal self again I felt like normal Ronnie who you know gets in five workouts a week at least five workouts a week and you know that shot of energy that you know people that drink coffee what coffee does to you that's what I felt like and do my day just went like this and I'm just like yes and I was back in bed by 7:15 like normal <laughs> eastern time eastern time for sure um uh, but no man so it was great it was great coming back I hit the gym uh 4 days last week um I don't know man my spirits are good um am I concerned about uh the co the spread of covid again absolutely but Walker, you know, at the well, end, look, look, before you before you before you go down that before you go down that, that rabbit hole, like what again, elaborate on the experience at the gym. Was it like the same uh, number of people who normally are there? No. So our the I, I do group X, as you as you cool people call it um, me, not cool. I call it group exercise. So our class normally accommodates 24. They slash that to 12. Uh, um, we don't use mini machines, but the ones we did were spread out. We had we literally had uh, boxes taped off and these were our areas. So um, everything we need to do could be could uh, take place in that box in that designated area. And you didn't really need to leave. Water fountains were shut off, so you didn't you couldn't really go to get water. Um, you you pick out and disinfect your weights before you start and uh, you place them in your square or close by. And um, 
yeah, it, it, again, it was different, but it was still great to get the work in. And, and Walker, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this too. Our gym, they were absolutely on us about disinfecting at any given opportunity. They had gallons of this CDC approved bleach mixture that's supposed to kill COVID, dead in its tracks. Um, and they made this available to everybody to, you know, spray, spray on a towel and wipe down. And I felt like my gym was, was pretty clean before, but now just like cleaner than clean. So that helped a lot with the comfort level of me, uh, being, being in that environment. So reduced number of people participating in the classes and stressing, sanitizing your equipment that you're using. Correct. And then also, as well as having a designated space to, to remain in for the workout. Yeah. And, and another thing, Walker, uh, they were just like, Hey, um, phone and keys, bring nothing else. Don't use the cubby area where we normally, uh, put our stuff because people tend to congregate there. So, uh, they, they had, they even had places for us to put our phone and keys that were socially distant. You know, so it's just they, they thought a lot about that and, you know, exit in through the back or enter from the back and exit from the front. And, you know, don't talk to anybody. Don't hang out. You know, get out of here once you're done. So, yeah, it, but it was cool, though. It was cool, though. I need to get back moving. I need to get that 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 hit stuff back in my life because it had such a great impact. And, um, yeah, I was glad to be back. OK. So, yeah, as you were saying, um, you was thinking about something in, in light of. Yeah, I'm still concerned about um, the COVID remix, as I in, internally call it. Uh, and that that meaning the, the 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 spread of this as we slowly begin. Second to, wave. Yeah, second wave as we begin to open back up. Uh, this is still on my mind. And and do, do I have some self guilt in that I may be playing a role or playing a part? in the second wave absolutely um and i don't really know how i feel about that because i feel like me going to the gym now is pretty selfish even though me my ivy said it was okay does that make any sense well again i mean we talked about it a week ago like i don't put a lot of stake in what governor ivy has said in terms of opening the state back up. I don't think that was a sign that we were prepared. I think that was bending to the request of uh, the demands of the economy. Gotcha. I think that was what her concern was more so than health reasons. Because again, even this week, there have been there were a lot of new cases of COVID nineteen in our state. So I don't think it's necessarily because things are necessarily getting better or the curve is flattening out in our state. I think it was because of the cries of business owners and people wanting to get back to work. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it, just me personally, I don't think I would base any comfort of things being okay because the governor said so okay. when I questioned the motivation behind her opening up the state in the first place. I, I just think it, it really boils down to your comfort level because there are people out and about doing, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's really on you and your conviction. Gotcha. So. Well. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. Enough about me. How about you, C-Dub? Uh, just another week as usual, because I'm always at home. Um, so it's just, it work, work is cool. Um, things have been good with me. Um, I, I've been learning about self-care this week. Um. And I think I do a good job of that, but really from a physical standpoint, because as I mentioned, I think I really have become a runner. Um, 
and in nothing like I actually I'm using the Nike Run Club app. Um, oh, what'd you hear about that? I actually been had that app. I know you mentioned it on the podcast, but I actually used it before. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I used the app and actually just started to take things slow and really. The, the problem with me get is that I'm very competitive. So let's say if I run, if I, if I do a run and my average pace was like eight minutes and 49 seconds running the same pace or slower is unacceptable. The next run out. Mm. And oftentimes, you know, I'm competing against myself. Well, if I'm starting out running, I could be taking a beating on my joints, just getting acclimated to running like that. And so what I'm learning to do through the app is to take my time and understand how to get stronger through my run as opposed to getting weaker through my run because Mm. I'm starting out running at a very brisk pace, right? Okay. So doing that, I think this is the day you called me. I actually did my run and I didn't run as long as I normally would run or as far as I normally would run, but I felt amazing afterwards from pacing myself and taking my time. And I felt incredibly incredibly empowered at the end of it and that's when I knew this is what I wanted to do but I also understood the importance of taking care of myself which means I may not be running as much until I build up the strength and the endurance to actually you know do such a run so yeah that that was a big thing that I learned this week was just taking care of myself my mental my physical uh, making sure that I'm eating right eating at the right times so that I can perform at a high level when I do go out and run. So it's it's been it's been a it's been a, a week of uh new lessons for me in that regard. So I'm doing good over here, man. Self care is my motto uh that I've been carrying on that I left this week with and that I'm carrying into the next week. That's great, Walker. Uh, you, you you made me think of something that happened Wednesday um in terms of self care and knowing I guess for me knowing that or having to understand that I can't expect to resume my physical activity where I left it. Right. right. So, um, you know, there was this leg curl exercise that we do and uh, I was really, I was really on an upward tick in terms of like, um, the weight I was able to do on that particular movement. And so I thought I would start at a similar weight ha- after having not done this for two months. And man, when I tell you a uh, hamstring seizure <laughs> occurred uh, later on that day, it was scary. Like, uh, it, it was worse than a cramp. And I, I'm serious, dude. Like, I could not move my left leg. And I was like, ooh, this is from going too strong on that leg curl too quickly. So I commend you for listening to your body and uh, knowing that, you know, you're in it for the long run in terms of your competition with yourself and trying to beat your pace and things like that so um i wish i would have heard that wednesday (laughs) yeah like what i've learned is that it it feels good to do a run and to actually improve right that's the end that's the end game but what was so interesting is that when i took the when i removed the the competition out of it and went for the feeling and that natural adrenaline rush and high after working out, it made everything I did worthwhile. And so I want that feeling. So the key for me is to have that feeling of accomplishment and this natural high and my endorphins and, and everything 
thing just rushing without without beating my body up you know what i mean and i think there's a balance that comes with that and it's going to take time for me to 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 build my body up it's almost like lifting you know what i mean Mm. um so as i put strain on my body in new areas i want to kind of pace myself so that my body can handle it so yeah man it's it's just it's just a new and of course i've been reading up on running and what runners do um so of course i've 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 learned the importance of of stretching i've learned the importance of taking care of myself when i'm not running on day my off days so yeah man okay it's it's, it's been it's been cool it's been it's been dope i've been doing some other thinking too man transitioning on from that okay like i've been thinking about kind of current events and things that have been happening i'm not sure if you're familiar with the the brianna taylor situation of course walker how could i not be you know i was you know i don't have a hot take i don't have a hot take but i was really just thinking about the mistrust that our community has with law enforcement and how that mistrust can be questioned by other communities right um in my the the problem that i have the the thing that kind of jumped out to me bro is you know the common question that we ask all the time it's almost a cliche is like who's going to police the police well the long and short answer to that is nobody right but i think because there's this because there's this lack of accountability on a part of law enforcement, it leads to a mistrust, right? Because if there's no accountability, again, again, law enforcement are, they're here to serve the community, right? Quote unquote. And so the thing that it just really kind of dawned on me is that, you know, when I go to a restaurant, some of my favorite restaurants, I can admit there've been a time or two where my service left much to be desired. You know what I mean? And I I remember looking at these restaurants and the restaurant manager owned the fact that they they came up short and was willing to do whatever it took to make it right because they're in the service industry, right? And so my thing is if, if the objective is to protect and serve the community, hence the root word serve, I'm, I'm, I'm working with that word, when you come up short, where's the accountability? And how can we trust that you're going to do the right thing when, because my thing is people make, there, there, there are times when people make mistakes, right? We're all humans. So there's going to be a, a, a poor judgment. People's biases come into play when things happen. We, we know, like if I make a mistake on my job, no one's going to die from it. Right. Right. So in the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it can be a big deal, but not so much. But in law enforcement, when you make an error of judgment, it can really result in a lost life. And while that can happen, my thing is, where is the accountability? You know what I mean? When it comes from law enforcement, because you do have this police code of silence to where things end up getting swept under the rug by law enforcement that shouldn't be, right? So my thing is, how can we trust, how can, how can we get to a place, if, if law enforcement even cares about this, how do we get to a place to where trust begins to be repaired between us and them? Thoughts? Uh, you, you know, Walker, I think, I think the solution to this is pretty fundamental. And uh, I'm taking this from personal experience. Um, I'm not going to give you long drawn out because nobody wants that, but I've had the privilege 
and I use that word very loosely, of sitting down over a meal with several members of the law enforcement community in the city upon which I reside. These are relationships forged from other extracurricular activities and, you know, some of the guys that I didn't even realize were law enforcement officials. So um, just, I, I, and I'll wear this, okay? I'm, I'm a friendly guy, I'm a welcoming guy. Um, I like being around people and I hope the feelings are mutual. But um, as talks as talks mature, it's like, hey man, we, we really ought to grab lunch sometime, you know? And mm -hmm. um, I really believe that's the first step it's just because because and I heard this on another podcast here recently, but the power of of us coming together and sharing a meal, there's a lot that happens. There's a lot. There's lots of vulnerability. But the common interest is we all love to eat, you know, and you, you could find the right restaurant that'll suit both of you. But um, eating is generally a good thing for most people. And so your guard lets down and then you, you start to talk and you start to, you know, you may not get get far on that first one, but. It's all about forging and establishing that relationship. And thinking of thinking of one law enforcement official in particular, he and I still, you know, well, even before COVID season, we have a, a standing lunch that we do a certain day every month. Um, he's a Caucasian male, of course, but our, our relationship has grown because he, I guess, sees me as a safe vessel to voice my opinions and thoughts on things like this when they happen. Now, um, I don't know how that impacts him in the line of duty, but um, I believe what's been exchanged is I, too, get intel to a, to a limited degree. I'm not privileged to all the information, but I get a little bit of intel on what it's like to be in that uniform and badge. You know, it's there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of insecurity that comes with that, you know, so. Um, and again, I am not, I'm not, I'm not justifying or saying that I agree with the actions, uh, displayed by law enforcement officials in the Brianna, Brianna Taylor situation. We'll but, get to the details of that, but right. yeah. But, um, you, you talk about a potential avenue for resolve. It sounds simple. It sounds way too fundamental, but I just feel like there's a lot happening when we sit down over a meal and we just, we just talk while we're eating. So I don't know if that that answers your question any. I I know that 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 fundamental simple principle needs to be expanded across several communities, several environments. I understand that, but um, it, it feels good to at least feel like I may be moving the the needle a nanometer by by being made available to share my thoughts and feelings about things like this. Let me let me ask you a, a question in response to that. Um, is it possible that you could be an exception? It is definitely possible to a rule or to a bias that law enforcement may have towards uh, black people. It's it, it can definitely be that Walker. Yes, and I, and I think that is that's the conundrum that people such as you and myself can potentially fall into is that when they hear us talk and they see our lives and they see how we carry ourselves and our presentation and where we work and where we go to church and the fact that we go to church and, 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 you know, the fact that we're well off, they see the car we drive immediately. We become the exception and not the rule. Right. My, 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 my question to that is even with establishing certain relationships, what I've learned 
um because you know i work with i work with white people um a great number and i'm cool with a lot of white people on my job but what i've learned is that certain white people put you in a certain category um and and i think i may have mentioned this to you before i, I know of a guy who we we cool we used to talk you know talk football a lot like you know he was an auburn grad as i was so we had a lot in common so we would talk sports auburn athletics we would talk different types of things but i was only when we got around each other it was only that conversation we never really got to life stuff you know what i mean and i always felt like and i even almost baited him one day to kind of just see where his head was and he wouldn't take the bait and I could under and I basically saw that even though we're we're cool, we talk a lot, uh, good work, buddy. But I I was in a certain category um, of of coworker or colleague or friend to him. And so what I'm saying is is that who knows what would happen to the dynamic of our relationship when we start talking about real stuff? Does that make sense? And my question is is that even over having a meal with an officer when you really start getting into those serious conversations and those internal biases and feelings and positions are exposed what happens then well you know good point but i i just i feel like i feel like if we're if we're really intentional about looking for reform in this i believe it goes farther than stopping when you perceive that that other party hasn't hasn't taken the bait really why stop okay. I, I think i think and I, and I know this is uh uh phys- not physiological i know this is psychological to a degree but i think about my relationship with my wife and it's infancy right um she and i she and i did not see eye to eye on much of anything we weren't even friends when we first met i mean this is a true story but it's just like it you know, we kept meeting each other. We kept meeting each other. We kept talking and, you know, kept kept saying, well, you know, it, it, and when I started to develop feelings for her, I knew I was still in the friend zone with her, but I didn't stop. I didn't stop. I didn't stop with my advances. With, if they were getting shot down, if my subtle hints were getting shot down, I can't tell you how many times she declined going on a date with me. But I guess the fundamental thought or feeling is, I expected more of that relationship and I did what I was willing to do, no matter how uncomfortable it made me to get more out of that, out of that relationship, out of that situation. I believe those fundamental principles can apply across the board in having productive talks with perceived law enforcement officials. And uh, am I going to sit here and say that he received everything well that I, that I shared with him? absolutely not have we gotten heated over the table absolutely but you know okay. what's crazy when i reach out and text i'm like same day next month i want to go ahead and put in my calendar it, immediately i get a yes so i could i could easily take that and just say oh he got heated about this let me just retreat no no i want to do something i want to do something impactful here i want to see what kind of change i can make let me keep pushing so, so, so that's, that's kind of what I what, what I have to say in response to the example that you gave me. Has there been have have you been able to see a change in him? Has he even opened up to you about such change? Absolutely, absolutely, no question. Okay. And I okay. mean, I mean, there there 
they're small, but I mean, I just, you know, in, in terms of perception, in terms of perception, that's, that's a big thing we focus on. And I shared with him the perception I get when I see certain people, you know, the thoughts that enter my mind. He shared with me the perception he gets when he sees certain people, the thoughts that enter his mind. We have all those thoughts on the table. And, it, and it's challenged him to be more cognizant of how he approaches work. Yes, because dude, because dude, well, well, I, one of the one of the fundamental things that he could not believe about me, and I and I and I'm so thankful that somebody had the presence of mind to take a picture that I still had in my possession that I could show him. In my, you know, in my, uh, you remember some of this, Walker. I guess uh, in my collegiate years, I was really searching for an identity, you know. And so, um, <laughs> even in my adult years, <laughs> but no, um, I like, went, I went through the yeah, throat. I went that through journey the, continued well into your adulthood. <laughs> right. I went heavy into the urban wear uh, arena. Throwbacks. I do recall this. Yes, you oh, do. Oh yeah, you did talk about jerseys. Yes, yeah, spent a lot of money on throwbacks. Was wearing the white tees. Was wearing the headbands. Pants were nowhere near my waist. I went through all this. Tim's, all that stuff. I even had a little silver chain. You got a picture of it? Can I, I do. See this I do. I had hair in these pictures, dude. So it was real. Um, remind me and I'll show you because I got one because I remember showing it to him. And, um, you know, showing it to him, I was like, dude, this is me. This was me back. What? You like a, you see, you sound like a living, breathing, walking satire. <laughs> Hey, I mean, call it what it call it, call it what you want, but it was me, <laughs> right? Right. So, so, um, just being transparent here, and I'm not going to reveal this man's name, so no harm here. But when I slid the picture to him, I said, "Man, what do you what do you think?" I was like, "You know, be honest." And I'm taking a bite out of my food. He's like, "Oh man, I'm not going to lie. This is like trouble." I was like, "Huh? Okay." So I put the picture up to my face. <laughs> and his immediate response was, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you saw the picture, he didn't know it was you. He didn't know it was me. <laughs> so it was just wow. like, that looks like trouble. So, I mean, he was honest, but the thing was, like, I wasn't here to attack that. It was like, okay, this is what you think. Tell me why this looks like trouble. And he gave me his reasons why. We, we ironed it out and I was like, okay, look, look, here's the reality. You got perception, here's the reality. I was enrolled in school. <laughs> I was working at a Fortune 500 company part-time while I was in school. <laughs> I was like, so so this is, this is the things you'll never know if your perception automatically brings you to a conclusion about a person. And so- Bias. Bias, yes, yes. So, um, you know, I could see his wheels turning, and and you know, he. I remember he said after that, I still don't believe it was you. And I'm like, dude, dude, I have no. Re I'm like, look, just look close. I know I had hair, the picture, but the headband and all that. Don't let all that. Like, this is this is this was still me. I spent six hundred dollars on that jersey. I remember it. <laughs> that jersey might be two hundred dollars now, but still, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> But still, it was just like, hey, man, like, let's let's really be productive and intentional about knowing what you think about it, putting the thoughts on the table and just analyzing it. Well, I'm not here to criticize you on anything. I just want to hear. I want to be I want to be a vessel just like you have your own set of thoughts about me when my when I express my perception of certain things, you know. 
So, and you know, it, it was great. It was great to have him kind of step in my shoes for a millisecond and explaining the thoughts and feelings I get when a police cruiser's behind me. <laughs> but, you know, one thing he told me was like, I never understood why that was until you explained it to me. So again, it's just like, it's having the conversation. Do, am I an exception? Yeah, but maybe I'm not as much of an exception as people think when I can give tactile examples of stuff that I feel like maybe moving the needle with this gentleman. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not, a, I'm not, compl- I'm not against the idea. Um, I'm not against the idea. And I, I just think my, my biggest thing is that yes, while that is a more of a long-term probable approach um, to this, a fear of mine is that even with that, people such as yourself and myself are just categorized in different race brackets is True. what I like to call it. I or don't black brackets. I don't disagree with any of that. I'm in a different black bracket. You know what I mean? Um, and so I wonder again, because of appearance, because of how we, how we appear, I think officers do understand that even in light of that, they still have to be wary of threats. And because even with that knowledge, this new knowledge that's coming from us, you still have to be able to assess who 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 does look like trouble, quote unquote. And I just want to know in the heat of the moment, what do you rely on? Your bias, your you know what I mean? Because that's that's the difference between a person going either going to jail and being alive or fighting for their freedom or being in the, being put in the dirt. True. Which brings us to Breonna Taylor. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts, man? What are your thoughts about, about the overall, about the overall case? I mean, most I'm, I'm hoping most people know what happened here. Should we, should we give high level? I mean, 26 year old EMT essential worker uh, shot eight times at our home by police who kicked down the door. Um, she was she was not a prime suspect um, in this drug case uh, that they were or this drug situation that they were uh, investigating. Um, the two primary suspects had already been previously apprehended, and the way it was reported at the beginning of last week was it it made it appear as though that they were completely incompetent um, by going at her. Or looking, it was almost like they were looking for the primary suspects at their home. When in reality, uh, as news and information came out, one of the suspects um, had a relationship with her in some form of capacity, and um, which led to them breaking in her door. And no drugs were found. Nothing was found. And an innocent woman is is no longer here because of that. What are your thoughts? Um. Besides it being unfortunate, Walker, um, it, it just it just deeply saddens me. And, um, you know, I, I, I have to believe in my heart that the only reason that those triggers were pulled were because of the color of her skin. No, no if, ands or buts about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't I don't I don't want to I don't, I don't mean to take any of the needed attention off of Brianna Taylor. But I will say in, in gaining intel about the situation, I was I was enlightened 
by the number of African-American females that have been either severely hurt or killed by police. Like this, this was something, this was something that was unbeknownst to me because we, it's the black males that are getting all the pub, you know, when the black female is, is, you know, is killed by the, killed by the police for some odd reason, we don't hear about a lot of that stuff. So, um, I, I, while I am, while the situation is unfortunate, I am a little encouraged that this situation has gotten the attention it's gotten because there is a bigger underlying issue here that I think more eyes and ears need to be tuned into. Accountability. Absolutely. Absolutely. Accountability. And then that's pretty much what I led with in this case. So to add more, um, her boyfriend, um, uh, Kenneth Walker, I think is yes. his name. Yeah. He is being charged with attempted murder of an officer um, because I believe these police officers, they were, they acquired, which was, I thought was asinine. I thought this was completely asinine that they were able to obtain a, a no knock search warrant from the circuit court judge, which by the way, I, I can look there. I think I can look the judge's name up. She needs to be voted out. Right. Like the next time she's up for election, she needs to be gone. This is unlawful, like, Walker. These are unlawful. This is measures. ridiculous. Yeah, like my yeah. thing is, if you've already apprehended the two main suspects, and this person was tied to this individual, okay, you want to search? You want to search this person and, and and ask questions? That's go do do what you feel you need to do if you suspect that there's something there. But if the two main people that you've been looking for have been apprehended, why do you need a a no knock search warrant? You're 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 going into you're making a you're making a situation that's not really a dangerous situation dangerous because my thing is and, and what's not being talked about is that the state of Kentucky it ha- it's a castle doctrine state mm. it's stand your ground and pretty much Kenneth Walker operated according to the letter of the law he had a legal firearm on him that he had a permit for. And someone is kicking the door into his home. And when they come in unannounced, what do you expect them to do? What do you expect them to do? And it's almost as if police have the ability to neutralize. Again, there's no margin for error when it comes to us engaging police officers. But officers have this wide range of of error that they can make. And it just gets swept under the rug. And so uh, to me, it's just... I would like to see, and again, we see it in other other businesses when someone misrepresents company and their values. The company PR, they're going to PR mode. This does not reflect the values and our intentions and, and whatnot. We will deal with this situation accordingly. You know what I mean? But we don't, re- I don't know if I really get that feeling from law enforcement. Right. All we normally seem to get is that they're put on administrative leave. And my thing is, while I understand the process behind that, because we've seen how this movie ends time and time again, that's triggering for us to know that, okay, they're just getting a slap on the wrist, if that. So to me, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. And it's, to your point, I'm glad that there are more eyes on it. Um, I'm praying that that Kenneth Walker is, is acquitted on this bogus charge because I've never, I've never known 
by the way, that's a trumped up charge. I've never, I didn't know unless the person has issues in their leg, uh, like a blood clot or something. I didn't know that shooting a person in their leg was attempted murder. Wow. Did you? No. It's, I mean, he got shot in the leg, but that's attempted murder mm-hmm. of, a, of a police officer. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's almost like, okay, w- without accountability, you're just a legalized gang of, you're just a legalized gang, basically. Right. It's really what you are. Like, you shot our boy, we coming after you. We're going to, we, we're going to, we're going to make sure we get you. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it, it's disgusting. It's and disgusting. You, you know, um, it's, it's sad to weave these two in, but just, just for narrative purposes, um, my wife and I watched um, the. There, there's a documentary on the Laquan McDonald tragedy, um, and uh, I think it's on Showtime. And they they okay. really peel the layers back, uh, namely on law enforcement. And one of the things they focus on and hone on is the uh, the perception that black people in general get. And um, to to your point, what I saw during this documentary was the enactment or the reenactment if you will of this wide range of error that police officers get you know and it's just and the the people that went on record you know who gave actual accounts of what happened at the precinct after this tragedy occurred i just i was just floored like just, just there's just no there's no value of of the lives of people that look like us. There's just, there's none. And I know that took place in Chicago, but I know that this, this, uh, this thought process transcends the city of Chicago. And it's, it's very haunting. It's very horrifying, especially as a father of two young, young black men. So, um, yeah, my goodness, Walker, I, I, I kind of see your point. I kind of see your point kind of where you started first, like, do you think a meal is going to help solve this? Like I, I, I get it now because it's it's so many layers to it. And let's be honest, the the people driving these thoughts and actions are unlikely to sit down with you or myself <laughs> and have a Chick Fil A number three. You know, you know and what even, I'm saying. And even so. if and even if they are able to do that, how you respond in the heat of the moment is what's already in you, right? We can start. We can start by planting the seed, but you're what you're what you're working against is years of conditioning and years of bias being being fortified in their mental and how they will react and respond being around a black person. Right. I mean, it's just instinctive for a person to see someone who they think looks sketchy and go walk on the other side of the street. That's almost instinctive to them, right? So in a in a heat of the moment. What is that person going to rely on? Because we understand that their their lives are in danger, is potentially in danger when they when they put that uniform on and go out in the streets to protect the streets. But when you're when you're trying to survive, what are you relying on to keep you safe? And if your if your thought process and if your biases, if if your thought process and values and thinking is rooted in racial bias in stereotypical stereotypes what does that say for your response to whatever it is you see in us and now we're we're paralyzed because now what can i do i can't be in my home right 
I can't I can't reach for or can't reach for my wallet after you ask for for identification because now I could be reaching for a gun. What do you want me to do? All right. What can I do? Right? I can't raise my voice because now I come off as threatening. Right. Like what what can I do? Pretty much. I can't be and six so, foot three, so, two hundred seventy pounds. I mean, <laughs> and when you to see the humanity in the Brianna Taylor and in her boyfriend, two people who had no prior criminal history. Mm. Two individuals, uh, the guy was protecting. I mean, what would you've done? Someone kicks down your door, Gatry, and your wife is in your wife. And what, what, what would you do in that situation? I mean, I would fire off a shot too. Right. Like, my, my, like what? There's he did nothing wrong, but now is being charged with murder for only defending the love of his life. Somebody, somebody has got to be able to decode that and understand reality here i mean come on so for if for the police department to go for blood in that case because my thing is this is a mood point if you find drugs in there right it's a mood point you 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 got you got an angle now you went on a wild goose chase and came up with nothing and now innocent person is dead as a result of it right where's the accountability i mean my thing is i'm like mistakes happen but i need a police department to say you know what we f this one up we missed it here and because of this we're going to take necessary actions to rectify the situation. That transcend administrative leave. And my and my thing is, you can start with administrative leave, but that shouldn't be the. It shouldn't be a period after that. Right. My thing is, start put them on administrative leave. Do your due diligence and take action. Right. So now, when we hear people say they got placed on administrative leave, we we can now begin to build trust and know that that's not the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's I'm a that's procedure you got to put them on administrative leave to investigate but my, my thing is what do you how long is this going to take for you to find out that y'all messed this one up All right well it didn't me, take me that long let me ask you this walker you you mentioned um these actions are usually in uh inspires not the word i want walker these actions are triggered by uh years of conditioning right so in playing in this case devil's advocate if you are the police chief, you 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 put them on administrative leave, maybe you mandate some level of sensitivity training. Do you think that's enough to erase those years of conditioning? Like, do you, do you think one man in a bad situation losing his job is going to really, you know, reverse the thoughts going on up here? And that, that's that's a genuine question. I don't know because police training doesn't make up for the majority of what of what you think. You know what I mean? I think again, we go home, we we pull up our smartphones, what are we getting our news from? Right? Right. And every news outlet has an angle. It has a slant to it because it's not reporting everything. It's only reporting what it deems to be important, which gives it a bit of an angle or a slant. So wherever you're getting your information from, the circles that you're in, when we were all a product of our environment in terms of how we choose to think, right? And so, I mean, again, I, I'm not shooting down the idea of, of reaching across the aisle and, and sitting down with someone who, who thinks differently than we are. In fact, I think that's a great idea. I just know that when we get up from that table, we return back to our corners. And those corners condition how we thought in the first place. So what are we, what are we doing when we go back to our respective corners? Are we trying to change 
our environment. Hey, hey, corner. Here's what I found out from talking to someone else from the opposite corner. We may need to evaluate. What are we doing with that information? How are we looking at things? And and my thing with an officer is, what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. What 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 do you expect me to do? What would you do in that situation? And 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 my my thing is is that I'm really genuinely asking. I'm looking at people do things. See, we're not talking about people with a previous criminal record. We're not talking about people who, you know what I mean? I'm talking about a person who did everything right and they're either dead or facing prison for 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 just defending their home because they thought they were being invaded. Right. Which they were. Yeah. So so yeah, it's 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 I don't I don't yeah, police training can help depending on how seriously you take it, but you still have other things that are fortifying your belief system and how you see the world. And do you begin to challenge those ideas in light of what you're receiving or does police training become a formality and it's back to business as usual? Hmm. That that varies. That's a case by case basis, yeah. depending on the person and the officer. Because I have no answer for that. It's like you said in that moment of truth, you don't know what that person's gonna do. You have no idea. We saw it in the EJ Bradford case. I mean, like, right? We, we, <laughs> it's just right. You don't know, and that's that. I guess that's a human element that it's that no matter how much training you get, you can never prepare them for that. I mean, shouts, shouts, shouts out to the Solomon brother. I mean, we, we had a police officer on and the way he described how they talked amongst themselves. Yeah. Like there's guys who are eager to get their gun off. There are guys who are eager for, for there's a, there's a bunch of factors for why people do the things that they do. And until they really have a serious sit down with themselves and, and, and question their motives for why they're doing this. Is this just a job or this is an opportunity for you to, to, to flex your authority that you've never had? Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of different things depending on who you're talking about that can go into why these situations happen. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, it, unless you had anything else, man, I, I, I just wanted to put a button on it by, by just, just, did you have something? No, I mean, I was just going to echo. I mean, you had some great points and you definitely caused me to think um, about uh, these few relationships I have and how I go upon cultivating them. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. So my, so my thing is, you know, I, my, my thoughts and prayers are with the family um, of Breonna Taylor. Um, another another senseless killing. Um, I know they're suing the city. Um, that was reported, I think, as of Friday. Um, they're suing the city um, or the police uh, department, as they should. Um, but I thought some prayers because, you know, even with winning a case, I'm pr- even with, win- with winning that civil suit, I'm pretty sure they would love to just have Brianna back instead. Yeah. Um, so the grief associated with that loss is surely to be felt in the coming days, weeks, months, who knows, even years. So you're in our thoughts and prayers, man. We sympathize. We're also praying for, and I keep saying, I think it's Kenneth Walker. Let me, let me make sure that is correct. That sounds close. I think it's Kenneth Walker is his name, but our prayers are with him as well. Um, I pray that justice is served and that the, that the ruling with him, it falls on his side. 
that he was just protecting himself and not trying to, to, to harm or kill or take the life of an officer. We'll just see. Um, but yeah, uh, while we're, while we're on that note, we're about to transition into, to discuss your trash. Um, I did want to shout out, um, a particular person who did pass over this past week. I wasn't familiar with them musically. Um, but she was known as a, as an R and B soul of singer, Betty Wright. Um, she passed at the age of 66, too young, um, kind of hits home with me because that's close around my parents' age. Mm. Um, so when I look at my parents, I look at my in-laws and I, and, I, and you know, I'm blessed to, to have parents who are in good health and their right mind um, still able to function and do life, you know, wants grandkids so they can play with like they want, they still have a lot to live and see. So I, I'm, I'm blessed. So when I ever, when I see things like this, it reminds me to not take what I have for granted. Um, so our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Betty Wright. May she rest in peace. If I could, um, if I could interject, I, um, I, I didn't know of Betty White until, um, right. What I say? White. Huh? Did you say white or right? I thought it's Betty Wright. I thought you said white. Okay, okay. Continue. Good. Sorry. I didn't know about Betty Wright until uh till till I you know I met my now wife. I remember being on a road trip. This is before our marriage. I remember being on a road trip with uh, her parents, and um, her father was playing. It seemed like an endless supply <laughs> of really? Betty Wright tracks. Yeah, and I was just I was just so immensely entertained, and I never will forget asking in the car, "Who is this?" <laughs> you know, in the looks you got back, in the looks I got back, and the threats to uh, be kicked out and walked. <laughs> <laughs> But the, this woman, uh, God rest her soul, was immensely talented. And when you think of pure entertainer Walker, she was the embodiment of that, man. So, yeah, I, I found this news out uh, earlier this week and it, it hit me, man, because I just remember that moment. And, you know, I, I it wasn't regular, but, you know, in times after that, I would go and get more of her content just to be entertain like not many people can can entertain mm-hmm. people so um yes a uh, definite rest in peace from uh the tipping point for sure definitely definitely shall we transition into shall we get doherty as you like to put it we shall um if you're new to us this is what we call hashtag dort uh weird acronym for discuss or trash simply put walker and i spend the week thinking uh, thinking about cool articles um uh, we bring them to the table and he and i sometimes friendly most times not decide if we're going to discuss it or trash it so um with that said walker uh you let me lead off the podcast i'll be cordial and allow you to lead off dort well, we're gonna we're gonna pick it up with your love language, um, and that's the Michael Jordan doc. Um, episode seven and eight aired last week. Um, we're recording today on a Sunday. Uh, episodes nine and ten are airing tonight, which will conclude uh, this this doc. Um, ESPN, y'all wrong, it, man. man. Y'all know we got you got more than ten episodes worth, man. Give us fifty. As a matter of fact, you know, no ESPN, I'm calling you out. Give us a new episode of The Last Dance every Sunday until 2025. I don't care what it is. You can have MJ dribbling for an hour, salivating. Sorry. Okay. All right. Um. So 
your thoughts about last week? I think they centered around Jordan's death and him winning, him going into baseball. Um, we can just take it piece by piece. Jordan's um, father's death. The, the biggest thing, huh? Jordan's father's death. Jordan's father's death. Relax, guy. You said Jordan's death. Well, my bad. My bad. So <laughs> Jordan's father's death. Um, him leaving. Him leaving basketball. Um, for a year and a half to play baseball in 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 Birmingham for the Barons. Um, his eventual return. I think this is the whole timeline. Him winning. Him coming back and falling short to the Magic. Um, that year. Um, it talked about the forty-five jersey, and then I didn't know that was his jersey number in high school. Yeah. Um, but it was that was his jersey number in high school. Then he switched it back to twenty-three, and uh, they, of course, the Magic put them out of the playoffs that year. Then they came back the following year. Let's talk about his father's death, man. Anything new? Uh, uh, there, there's still a lot of speculation around that whole thing. You know, the, the media painted a picture of a repayment of a gambling debt for Michael Jordan, which I just think is absolutely callous, but it's the media. That's what they do. They want people to listen. They go through all kinds of weird stuff to get people to listen. I'm not buying into any of that. I just, I really believe there was, this was just an unfortunate situation and, um, you know, I, to see, seeing the impact and feeling the impact it had on Mike, you know, as a, um, as a father, uh, and Walker, I hate to keep going in this narrative, so forgive me, but as a father, you know, the, to hear about the way he talked about his dad, to hear about, you know, him talking about, you know, if you ever want to know anything about Mike, just ask his dad because they were wired very similarly. And, um, to, I, I don't know, seeing the fallout of that and seeing the impact it had on, on Mike, really touched me man you know and I, i'd never seen him so candidly talk about this so of course i leaned in and just just knowing the influence of him pursuing baseball was an honor of his dad you know just like goodness man what what more what more do you need for like a feel-good story you know what i'm saying in in the midst right. of tragedy uh your thoughts um yeah, I mean, I remember when it happened, man. I, I really, his father seemed like a really good dude, um, and so you just hate to see bad things happen to to, to good people. All right. So, and, and I remember and the fact when that it there happened. Are no developments I, in that case, Walker. That's that's what I that's what I can't seem to wrap my mind around. Right. Right. I, I forgot he was he had been missing for that long, like yeah. it was like three weeks or something it like was that. A long time. Yeah. Like that is that is a a nightmarish scenario in terms of just couldn't even imagine someone I love being gone that long and I can't hear from them and you know it's it's yeah um, I felt from that nothing new there I, I've heard people give I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding Jordan and his 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 first retirement from the NBA and uh, I thought they did a good job of putting. It's a bad that it was something bigger and it was not and, a suspension. And David Stern came to Mike, sit out uh, from the league. Um, and the, the logic against that was just sound. Like, you mean to tell me that the number one player in what is believed to be like a growing popular sport, you're gonna you're gonna make him sit out 
and he and he's bringing so much relevancy relevancy to your sport like that doesn't make logical sense like that will be that would be a legacy killer for Stern. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I just, I like the fact that they put that to bed. So that, that's really all I got to say about that. Gotcha. Um, and transitioning to episode eight, Walker, um, I, I'm not going to lie. You, you know, I am not shy about putting my raw emotions out on this podcast, but um, man, I was moved to tears. Wait, you, you're not shy? No, no, me? No, not anymore. This is the first episode. No, I'm joking. Um, but no, in, in, in seeing, you know, what we're going to talk about is comeback too. But for me, the pinnacle of episode eight was the build up for when uh, the Bulls faced off against the Supersonics of Seattle uh, in the finals. And him, him, not him, the Bulls winning on Father's Day. And it kind of seemed it seemed a little little crafted, little I like to use the term rigged. And uh, you you saw Gary Payton the whole the whole back and forth with them and the the classic MJ laugh when when he heard Gary Payton's comments, you know, about locking him up. But uh, you know, what you think about that, dude? I thought it was comical. I thought this this is this is why you gotta love MJ. And it's just like, come on, man, the glove? Are you serious? You know, I mean, he, he. you got body that series. I mean, he he had, he had two games. I'll give him that. The GP had two games on Mike, um, where you can say maybe he shut him down or whatever. But I just really feel like Walker, in my heart of heart, that Mike had a plan for this. He he wanted to win that on Father's Day. That that that's my thought. You know, just because they they won in convincing fashion. And how do you how do you take GP who had two incredible games and limit him to nothing in that following game? It's just like no. He he wanted to he wanted to win that for his dad. He wanted that as a tribute for his dad on Father's Day in my heart of hearts. And to me, that episode did a great job of drawing that out in the midst of him, you know, everything he had to overcome in terms of coming back to the league. And uh, you, you know, you talked a little bit about the Magic series and them losing to the Magic, and uh, Nick Anderson's comments about the forty-five and the twenty-three. I mean, it, this stuff was just this stuff was just classic. But one thing I want to hone in on here, Walker, was the maniacal sense of of psyche this man possessed. You know, you, you heard about uh, Space Jam; they were they were shooting for Space Jam, and uh, Mike's trying to get his legs back because he knows he's back. He knows he wants to have a better next season. They build a gym for this guy. I mean, how crazy is that? Which, if I'm director, I'm like, yeah, get this man what he wants. I mean, he made the, the director, whoever his name is, made the right call on that. But um, I love how Mike was uh, inviting players to come and work out and run with him. You know, and it, there's, there's this underlying thing of Mike scouting out his opponents, man. But the whole time, what was on the heartbeat of this man was the Orlando Magic. <laughs> Because he could, he reminds me of you to a degree, Walker. He could not sleep until he he met he met the Magic again in the playoffs, and of course, as you know, they proceeded to sweep in the Magic. And um, for most of us, that would have seemingly been enough. But he was like, no. So yeah, Walker. Um, I, I I love I love how his return was depicted in uh, episode eight. Uh, your thoughts on episode eight? Um. I think I think that loss of the magic is what uh, led to the seventy-two win uh, season because Jordan had was so determined because he, again, once you get to the top, 
people are just waiting for you to fall off. And so even in Jordan coming back to the game, being though he was out, I mean, he was starting to play better. I, I remember the Atlanta get Hawks game when he hit the game winner and the announcer yelling, he is now back. Oof. Like, I remember that game. I remember the highlights. Yeah, I watched it all night. Yeah. And, but the, the thing with Jordan is he hadn't had his, he didn't have his legs up under him. And right. he hadn't had the opportunity to build up the 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 endurance that an 82 game regular season um, affords you for the playoffs. So by the time he got to the Magic, like he was gone, <laughs> he was gone. And so you even had people questioning, and I think a lot of it was this. I mean, granted, you had the Magic uh, beating him um, that that year, but a lot of it was people questioning, could he do it again? Mm. And him being so determined to show them that, listen, I'm that guy. Like I am MJ. I am the I am the NBA. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that that determination and that type of focus um, helped him. Basically, they rolled right into a historical season. And uh, yeah, man, it, it was it was it was dope to see. I think it was dope that he honored his father on Father's Day, and uh, yeah, man, it's it's again. I'm not even mad at Gary Payton because Gary Payton is one of he may be top five trash talkers of all time. Oh, like, and, top, and top two. my thing is to, <laughs> to get to that level, there has to be a belief level that yeah, like had I been on you this whole time, it'd probably be a different story. Like he's supposed to feel that way, you know what I mean? He he shouldn't be just be happy to be here. Like, no, I, I want to win. I want to be the guy who beats Mike. Did you wonder why George Carl did not want GP on on Mike? Um, I think he wanted. I think they talked about it in the doc. Like they they really wanted him to take um advantage. Like George Carl wanted him to be fresh on the offensive, offensive side. side. He he knew that MJ probably wear him out. Yeah, right. And so I think I think yeah he would. He probably he knew. I think he believed in GP's ability to stop MJ. But he he knew he needed some offense from from Gary Payton, so he kept him off of MJ so that he can utilize him on the opposite end of the court, which he did. He did yeah. need GP. Yeah, he did need GP. So I'm not I'm not saying it's a terrible decision. I think in hindsight, yeah, I mean hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, you, you probably should have started the se- the series with him on MJ, knowing what he knows now, but. I understand the, the the thought process. But we, we don't no one talks about GP for his offense. Look at his nickname, man. You know the glove. I did it back then. Like I, I feel like they had enough options on offense with that supersonic squad to where even a reduced J, uh Gary Payton would still be able to facilitate and distribute to some of your more premier scores on that team. Just my opinion. No, he was going to distribute, but they needed buckets from him. Yeah, but that's the thing. That, that's my whole thing. It's not like they counted on GP for buckets that year. Again, remember his, his nickname, Walker? He wasn't, he wasn't the guy I that would just go that. get you a bucket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not guarding Latrell Sprewell in this series, right? No disrespect to Latrell Sprewell, but I'm saying he's guarding Jordan. And this is what you that don't requires this is, this a is focus. What you don't understand. And uh, forgive me if I sound anti MJ because I, I'm never on this side of the of the ball. But dude, this is impossible, dude. This is impossible. No, no, for no, no, you. no, no, no. You got to hear this. You got to hear this. As a coach, and I coach. As a coach, what record? What record? <laughs> irrelevant. Is it relevant? <laughs> <laughs> 
that was bait for you. You took it. Okay. But no, but seriously, man, <laughs> you know that this man is the best player in the NBA, best player on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. I don't see why you would say, well, no, I'm not going to take my best defender and put him on the best player on the planet and see what happens. And I love the stand that GP took and cussing out George Carl and saying, nah, I got him. Like, get out of the way. Like, I know you're the coach, but I'm about to guard him. And you see what happened. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. If it's if it's me, if it's me and I'm looking at everything, scouting report and all that, oh, GP, you get on mic. We'll figure out offense later because you know, you know me, Walker. You know my mentalities I've shared on this podcast before. I'm thinking defense first. I think defense creates offense. I believe in that philosophy, especially in basketball. If you agree with George Carl in that situation, then you don't need to be coaching anyone ever in your lifetime because it makes absolutely no sense. Um, again, GP known for his defense. You you use your biggest defensive weapon against the biggest basketball weapon on the universe there's no there there shouldn't even be a conversation you want to you want to keep him pure for offense you've got four other guys who are staying pure well three because because pip could work folks out and people they probably have to lean on pip more had they had gp on mj for more of that series but you still again my whole thing is no one no one who knows about basketball and even the smallest shape or whatever in that area i should say no one knows gary payton for offense gary payton didn't do anything electrifying to us offensively that makes us go oh my goodness what he's known for is defense put him on mic and get out of the way that's all i'm saying and and i don't know if we got if this got cut or not but when gp stood up to george carl and said man forget that i'm going after him and you saw what happened after that that told you everything you needed to know I'm not saying that he, George Carr was right. Clearly, he was wrong. I'm just saying I understood his thought process behind it. Well, if you understand, then you're a part of the problem. Because Are you a better coach than George Carr? Absolutely. Who do you think taught him? You would say that. <laughs> so you want to? You want to? Um, what, what's your next point? <laughs> That's it, Walker. You're disgusting. That's my next point. Well, my disgusting. How can you? How can you understand that? I don't understand. It. I do understand the thought I process. I don't. I'm not saying he's right. I just said I understood what again you could understand where a person's coming from and not necessarily agree with that strategy or agree that it wasn't the best strategy. I understood wanting to conserve him on the offensive side. I get that. I really do. And Gary Payton was productive. He was still productive on the offensive side, even uh, guarding Jordan, as it <gasps> turned out. So yeah, George Carl was wrong, but I understood where he was coming from. That's all I want. You're to hear just you getting say. mad because I'm saying say. that's all huh? I want to hear you say. George Carl was wrong. We can we can drop the mic now. I'm good. I never said he was right. You never said he was wrong until then. You did. Let's move I on. I never said he was right for that. I just said I understood where he was coming from. I could see that. Doesn't mean I agree on, with on Walker. Your thoughts? No, 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 no. We're not moving on. We're not moving on. We're not moving on. Because you're you're arguing with yourself. I never said George Carl was right. You never said he was wrong either until just then. So I didn't know what to no, believe. All I said no, was you understand. No. I heard Let's you. Talk about, no, what I said was I could see where he's coming from. You know what, Walker? You know, this is why you should never ever pick up a whistle and put it around your neck and coach people. Because I said I could understand where he's coming from. 
No, I, he was wrong clearly because you lost the series. You got down two games. Well, let's let's three be honest. Games. Let's let's be honest. If you had he GP, got down three games. If you had GP on Mike game one, they're still losing that series. I I, I don't I don't care what you say. So it, sure, I don't I, even I don't, know why I we're arguing Gary, about it. I honestly. think Gary Payton is wrong. And saying that and even he kind of acknowledged we don't know if we would have won a series. Well, Gary Payton, you probably wouldn't have. What I'm saying <laughs> is, is that to his art to his point, he felt like, hey, it could have been a different series had I been on Jordan since game one. Could have been. Never we'll never know because that's not what happened. I'm just saying I understood where George Carl was coming from. He was wrong because he got down three games and then and then decided to make the change. So of course he was wrong, but I understood where he was coming from. Two things can be true, can't they, Gat? No. Here we go. No, that's it. You guys talked to me about episode eight. I gave you everything I had. I think I did tell you everything. I mean, I, I, I um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward um to episode nine and ten. I here's what I'm looking forward I'm to not. most. Here's what I'm looking forward to. I want I want to see if if they actually talk about what happened uh, for the infamous flu game and if Jordan really did have the flu or other things I've heard is that Jordan was hungover. I want to hear what they address with that. Okay. What? I just I don't I don't like I don't like the propaganda that you're presenting. So you have not heard that before? Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard a lot of stuff about Mike, but you you know, and th- this series does a great job of this, of dissecting the media's influence on Mike. You know, you got to find something bad on this dude. You have to, that's your job being in the media because if you can report some bad stuff about MJ, people are going to re- hear what you got to say, right? So you got to, okay. you got to gasp at everything you got, you know, he was hung over in Utah, who kicks it in Utah? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> so, I mean, well, you think he went to the to the ski lodge and had one too many Miller lights? I mean, come on, dude, give me a break. That dude had the flu. Get out of here, man. So why you why you feel this? Because I don't, I don't like the narrative. I don't like the assumptions. I don't like the the insinuations. Not about Mike. Let this man be great. Get out the way. You know what? You you know what, Walker? I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and get this out because I'm, I'm a little I'm a little angry about it. You ready for this? So my my wife and I were to, were talking shortly before we started recording, and she asked what we we're gonna record about, and I was like, oh, I lost him again, Walker. You are killing us. And so as I'm going down the list, you know, and I was like, yeah, we're gonna recap last dance. She's like, oh yeah, the Michael Jordan thing. And so I, I let it slide, you know, whatever. And she's like, y'all, y'all talk about that? Like, what's so special? We're recording? Yeah, we're, we're live? Recording. Yeah, we're live. And so um, she's like, what's so special about The Last Dance? Is your wife into sports? No. That's why she would ask that question. But still, Walker, I just. That's why she would ask that question. Hey, I understand why she would ask that question. No, no. Listen, Walker. Listen, listen. I don't ask her what's so special about insert natural hair product here. Because you know what, Walker? I have eyes and I have a brain that functions some sometimes. 
Um, and I can see the amount of time my wife spends getting her natural hair straight. I don't have to ask her what's so important about the next product that arrives at the front door. I don't, because I know there's a purpose and a value behind it. I know you're going, you're striving to achieve the pinnacle of natural curly hair. Okay. I know that I feel that I understand it. So I'm not going to insult you by asking what, what's so special about this product. Now you go into the closet every day and you see them boxes with that Jumpman logo on it. You see them. All right. You don't see no, no stripes in there. You see them Jumpman logos. You see them Jumpman logos on your boy's feet. You gonna ask me what's so special about the last dance? Man, if you don't get out of my face with that. Mm, this is this is where you're taking me, Walker. Can we move on? I can't. I can't. There's too there's too many emotions here. And and really, really, Walker, if I'm if I'm gonna be honest, deep down I don't want the series to end. That's why I'm probably a little over emotional, okay? I'm just being honest about it. I don't want the series to end. We should have a standing documentary on Michael Jordan. We should know what he ate for breakfast today. Like, we should. I'm done. So all I said was I'm just looking forward to seeing if they address the flu game and other people's conspiracy theories about what what happened, what they think actually happened. Is that all How did we get here? <laughs> How the heck did we get here? I don't know. Maybe we need to move on. I can't deal with this. I, I'm not emotionally capable of dealing with this. We know. <laughs> I'm actually, That's an I, obvious. I'm battling That's thoughts. a given. I'm battling thoughts of not even watching it tonight. Why? Cause it's just it's like, not going to change this. The last two, I know, but I get like this, especially with shows that I really like. When I know it's about to end, I just I just act like nothing's happening because I don't want it to end. And then if there how are many two, times have you, how many times have you cried watching this? Oh, countless, countless. You know, you know, Walker. What was last week? Was last weekend Mother's Day? Yes, Walker. I was in the mood because um, we went to my mother-in-law's. That's what my wife wanted to do on Mother's Day. And of course we stayed late and we're coming back and you know, the last dance had already started. And I, I didn't want to ask my wife to drive just so I can watch the last dance on my phone. Like I didn't want to do that. But man, I was empty inside Walker. I was empty <laughs> because I wasn't watching this live. And I'm thinking like, what am I doing with my life right now? So anyway, but yeah, but yeah, for me, if there's a show that I, that I really enjoy, and I know I'm coming down to the last episodes. I'll put it off for amount of days, sometimes even weeks. So Friday Night Lights, the show, I intentionally didn't watch the last season for months because I did not want it to end. And so eventually I just kind of got over it and I just slowly, slowly got through the last episodes. I may do that with the last day. Well, no, I can't. I got to watch it because we got to talk about it next week. Sorry. All right. That's a lot. <laughs> Say something, Walter. <laughs> um, I don't know how emotional I can ever get on this podcast, but I'm pretty sure you will outshine me in every regard when it comes to these emotions. Hey, I, you, I'm glad people can see what I see. Can you move the oh, mic? No. It's it's not working, so you might as well move it so we can see you. So now, can you move the mic? It's not working anyway because your computer's having a situation. Thank you. That's yeah, better. that's right. Um, 
Dude, I, I just think that it, I don't think I could ever get as emotional as what I just saw. Even if I tried. Like, if I tried to, like, imitate what you just did organically, I would fall short. Wow. Here go. What, what, what's, where, 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 what's next on okay. this discussion? Next topic, Walker. Uh, we'll keep it sports. The NFL has announced that um, in terms of adding to diversity, they're going to offer incentives to teams who employ uh, minority execs and minority head coaches, and even in some cases, minority quarterbacks coaches. Discuss or trash? Um, we can discuss it, but what are the incentives? So, um, mainly you get you get a bump up in draft order. So if you if you hire a minority exec, you can move up as high. And this is proposed; this hasn't been voted on yet. Um, but they're, I think they're going to discuss it next week or this week. Um, but if you get a minority exec in the front office, your GM or something like that, um, they're very specific about the roles. You can move up as high as twelve spots in the draft, and then in the draft in the following year. But you have to commit to this. You have to commit to this hire, this new hire, for two years before you get that draft incentive. You hire a minority head coach, you can move up as high as six spots, um, effective starting at the end of the second season that that coach is employed. I got, if if I can share my feelings on it, I got mixed emotions about it. Such as? Such as I, I know I can see already if this is passed, which it may not. And this is just an expansion of the Rooney rule, if you will. Um, I'm, I feel like it won't pass, but if it does, I do feel like... Um, so it's, propo- it's proposed. It hasn't been passed. NFL's got owners meetings, I think, this week, and then they're going to vote on it. But that's one of the bigger things that they're, they're putting up for a vote. Um, what makes you trepidations about it? Because I just think, I think the owners are going to find loopholes around this. I think I can see... I can see positions being created, like a leadership consultant or something like that. And you stick it somebody in there just so you can get a better draft order. Uh, the head coach, not not, not really. I don't know if you have as much room to, to wiggle that. Uh, maybe you could do associate head coach or something like that. But I just, this has too many gaping holes for people to work their way around, in my opinion. And the the elephant in the room is why we got to go through these links to get minorities involved anyway. So You have a lot of minority coaches on staff, don't you, already? You do. do. The issue is head coaches, Yeah, kind of elevating them, yeah. Putting people as executives and head coaches. Right. In executive front office and coaches. Yeah, I, I think of Eric Bieniemy, uh, the uh, OC for the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. Um, out of all the coaching vacancies that happened, he was kind of left with nothing. Now, you and I know, Walker, that offense is going to do what it does with Andy Reid and Mahomes. We know that. We know Bieniemy really doesn't do much there. But still, like, to not – to to not get like i mean he got the customary interest interviews but not to get anything serious that that makes me scratch my head a bit so Mm. anyway oh i don't have many many thoughts on that i mean it is what it is gotcha all right next 
Um, we have an update in the Ahmad Arbery case. Let's hear it. I think I read about it, but I want to hear it from you, Walk. Um, we'll, I would like to introduce you to Juliet Holmes, who is the new prosecutor in this case, uh, a black woman who is a district attorney in the state of Georgia. Um, so that's good. The people who were initially handling this case um, are no longer, which bodes well for uh, the Arbery family. So I'm happy to hear that. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, Walker, I think we're going to lose you again. I like yeah. I like the way this is shaping up, honestly. Um, am I sketchy because of the way things have gone in, in the past with other types of cases? You better believe I am. But um, with this DA, this is a at least seemingly a step in the right direction. I, I know you you mentioned your, uh, I don't want to say disdain, but your concerns about Ben Crump uh, representing this family. Uh, so that's a factor too that kind of echoes in the back of my head. But again, step in the right direction. I'm okay with this. Yeah, me too. Um, how have you felt about people releasing a video of Ahmad Arbery being in the vacant house that was under construction? I, d I did watch one of those videos. I mean, he he does what hundreds of people in our neighborhood do when there's a new construction, and he simply walked through it. I mean. I don't, again, this, this literally happens every day with newly constructed homes in our neighborhood, and it's never been a problem. I mean, that video showed as much value to me as a video of um, a dog walking across the street. What does it have to do with anything? <laughs> what does it have to do with anything? Right. It has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> Your examples are so great. <laughs> <laughs> they could have released that and was like we found new details in the Ahmaud Arbery case and it could have been a stray dog crossing the street <laughs> that's how much value it provided hey you gotta do something when you're trying to uh, flip the narrative on this right I guess I guess anyway uh, your turn local flavor here Walker Hoover High School Spain Park High School getting ripped in the media for deciding to have their graduation ceremonies, I think later on this week, discuss or trash? Trash. Okay. <laughs> I thought you'd like the local flavor. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Um, Ludacris and Nelly did the versus battle uh, last night. Discuss or trash? Trash. Example 347 why this won't be a music podcast. Yo, they were up to 347 reasons. This is what you're doing? Hmm? This is what you're doing? I'm just want to remind you. This you, you love music. You tell me you this this is this is what you're doing. Love it. You love music. Is I just want to talk music. I want to be a music podcast. Is this where you're going, Walker? I need to know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, say what you got to say about the battle. No, I'm done. I'm done. I just, I just knew you were going to trash it, so I just want to bring, a, I just want to just bring attention to the fact. Since 
you know, I've owned the fact that I don't have enough to contribute to us ever talking about music that much. I just want you to see your lack of contribution. But go ahead. Mamba Sports Academy Hello. this week decided or last week decided they were going to drop Mamba from the name in honor of the Kobe Bryant. Discuss or trash. Who's the academy? The Mamba Sports Academy. Um yeah um let's discuss it but why i I don't understand the sports academy as um this of course as you know this is a joint venture with kobe and uh, a firm named the sports academy that has tons of sports training facilities in all of california so this particular one was kobe influenced um they feel like the returning it to the sports academy or not returning it but changing it to the sports sports academy which pay homage and show tribute to Kobe Bryant. This is almost player of the week worthy Walker. I'm so insulted. Um, but they felt like it would respect him by removing Mamba from it so that uh, people won't have to think about the tragedy that happened to Kobe Bryant earlier this year. Uh, now Walker, my, my heart, I understand my heart's kind of wired a different way. I'm not sure how this pays any respects to Kobe. You know, yeah, I'm not. I'm not following. Yeah, yeah. So, but just just to know, in reading this, you talk about a PR nightmare and just a storm of criticism they're getting from people involved in this academy and sports figures. This was not. This was not a good decision. This was not a good decision. You think they'll renege on that decision? They're going to. I'm just waiting for it. It was dumb. Gotcha. It was dumb. I kind of think it was a little selfish too, but those thoughts in the next recording. Let me ask you a question. One more question, and sure. we'll move on. Was their decision dumb? It was dumb. Okay. Just 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 want to make sure I heard that right. It was dumb. Um gotcha. Not numb, but but dumb. Gotcha. All right. Um, I have nothing else. Do you have anything? Uh, I had one more thing, Walker. You're sure. Gonna, you're going to trash it. Can you say trash first and then I'll say it? No. Okay. The $3 trillion stimulus uh, package was approved by the House and is now at the, at the feet of the Senate. Discuss or trash. <laughs> <laughs> Say the best for last, yeah, didn't I did. you? I did. I did. <laughs> really, really need a sound effect here. <laughs> Where's my trash can? Where is my trash can, man? Oh yeah, let's trash this. Let's okay. move on. Let's okay. let's get out of here. Because cool. the way my internet is set up. Your favorite segment, Walker. Shout outs and player of the week. Uh, we're shouting out people doing dope things. I would like to go. Well, you went first last segment. You go no, first. No, no, this, no. You had a you had a reason for wanting to go first. Let's hear it. Mm. Um, sure. So, I don't know if you're familiar with a guy by the name of Chef uh, Maxell Hardy. No. He is an owner of Coop Caribbean Fusion in Detroit. 
uh, he is my shout out is because he has partnered with Horatio Williams Foundation Kitchen and has contributed to uh, donating 20,000 meals free to people who have been sheltered um, as a result of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Um, so with his restaurant closed, it's just dope to see um, him doing what he can to help other people and ensure that they're getting healthy, not just meals, Gatry, but healthy, healthier meals. Um, and his thing is that during this time, it's a it's a tendency to to get food, but get what you can, and it may not be necessarily healthy for you. And if the issue with a lot of people in our community stems around poor diet contributing to other health issues, making you susceptible to testing positive for COVID nineteen, he's taking it upon himself to actually provide healthier meals for these people um, for free. So I want to shout out Chef Maxell. Uh, I think I'm saying his name right, Maxell Hardy. I'm out of Detroit for even with his business being shut down, thinking of other people's and putting their health um, ahead of what other people seem to think is important. You know, Walker, what's genius about that is people are going to remember him when we get on the other side of this thing. And I don't think that was the driving factor for him, but um, I'm, I'm hoping that's a blessing he receives on the other end of this. So um, great, great shout out. Um, I'm going to bring your attention to a gentleman by the name of Nicholas Johnson. Have you heard of him? No. Nicholas Johnson is a part of this very, uh, very unique uh, graduating class of 2020 um, at Princeton University. So in Princeton's storied 247 year ex- years of existence. No, I've heard this story. They have I've, never I've heard the story. had a black valedictorian until Mr. Johnson came to play. So um, Nick, um, let me see what his GPA was here, Walker. They didn't list it. Dadgummit. But still, I mean, valedictorian at Princeton University. Are you kidding me right now? Um, there's not much that needs to be said after that. Nick, you are our shout out. That is as dope as dope kids. All right. So, player of the week, who played themselves? Uh, am I going first still? Yeah, mine's a tangled web walker, so you can go ahead and go first. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, are you familiar with the guy by the name of uh, Maurice Fain? Yeah, Mo and I used to hoop back back in uh, seventh grade. We used to meet up at the park and just ball out. It's funny you call him Mo because he goes by the name of Arkansas Mo. Uh, and pretty, I'm pretty sure you support him with him being on Love and Hip Hop and all. Um, we know that's your one of your favorite shows to watch um, for research purposes only because you're blackish, not black. Um, so he is my player of the week. Is is the reason why is because he has recently been in the news because he was arrested and charged with federal bank fraud um, after misappropriating funds from a loan that was issued uh, from the Paycheck Protection Program known as PPP. Um, so yeah, so he he owns a corporation called Flame Trucking. 
and submitted uh, a loan application last month on April 15th, um, suggesting that his, his I guess, his monthly pay- payroll averaged around one point, little south of 1.5 million a month, right? So he was given a loan for 3.7 million, right? Now you would think he would take that loan money and do what's necessary, right? Yeah. This guy is reported used more than 1.5 million of the money issued to buy $85,000 worth of jewelry, including a Rolex watch, diamond bracelet, and a 5.7 carat diamond ring for himself. You there? You still with me, Gat? Yeah. Okay, that's exactly what the loan was for. Then he went on to lease a a 2019 Rolls-Royce Wraith and paid up to $40,000 for child support. Well, at least he paid the child support. Yeah. I'm just saying. Exactly what that's exactly what the PPP is for, right? Well, it's not all bad. It's bad, but it's not all bad. (laughs) PPP does not stand for paternal (laughs) protection. (laughs) (laughs) Paternal parenting protection loan. That's not what it stands for. Oh, my bad. (laughs) No. No. So yeah, he's uh, he's been arrested and he is facing some serious trouble as a result of that. Um, Arkansas Mo Gatry's basketball buddy, you um, actually we need to need to call him um, Arkansas Poe <laughs> for Player of the Week. Hold this award, buddy. Uh, play, you have played yourself. You idiots. So um, <laughs> that's going to be tough to follow. Um. Walker, this one this one's tangled. So I just I need you to really walk with me on this one. Pun intended. I bring to you two gentlemen. One one named Jaquez Scott and the other named Quentin Henderson. All right, so 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 follow me here. Okay. Jaquez Scott or Scott and Henderson, I'll use their last names. We're both uh in a correctional facility at the same time, right? Um, Henderson was about to be released, uh, was after his own recognizance, as they say. And, um, Jacquez says, Hey man, I got an idea. As you know, I'm trying to get out, right? Just like, you know, you're about to get out. What if I arrange, uh, um, about $500 to be given to you for that sweatshirt you're wearing? Right. And your coronavirus mask. So, of course, Quentin says, well, what you need, what you need my sweatshirt for? What you need my mask for? Well, Quez says or Scott says, well, man, if you give me your sweatshirt and your mask, um, I can I can pose as you and I can get out. And then when when I get out, what you need to do is make up some type of excuse for why you weren't at the hearing to be released once they realize it's you, it's going to be a mistake that they that they made, and they'll still let you out. You with me here, Walker? He left. Goodness, I dropped him again. You with me, Walker? Yeah, yeah, come on. All right, all right. I know, I know. So um, Henderson says, for $500? Oh, absolutely. 
So they talk about how they're going to arrange to get him the 500 bucks. All right. So now, mind you, Scott gets out. Henderson's still in jail, right? So, right. So Henderson, I'm, I'm doing some of this for dramatic effect. Henderson says, hold on, Scott. Hold up, hold up, hold up. If you get out, how I still, how, how am I, I'm still going to be here. Like what, what happens to me? He said, oh man, don't worry about that. Make up some kind of excuse for you missing your, uh, your, your meeting to get out, whatever they call it. And then once they realize it's you, they're going to know you're supposed to be out and then they'll let you out and then we'll meet up and I'll give you the 500. Right. I mean, I would have gone for this. Uh, <laughs> you kind of probably would have. <laughs> so uh, Henderson says, cool. They dap up, they square it up. Boom. Okay. So Jaquez, Jaquez gets a sweatshirt. He goes to proceedings. Are you Henderson? Yeah, it's me. It's me. I got this mask on trying to protect anybody. So I'm not going to take the mask off. No one's going to take it off me. Okay, Henderson, you're be being released on your own recognizance. Be a great uh, uh, citizen to society. Don't come back here. Boom. All right. So, uh, little, little issue, right? Because Quentin Henderson then shortly comes forward and says, hey, hey guys, I fell asleep and I missed my meeting to be released. And so they said, oh, okay. You know, the, the, the people there, the, the cops there said, oh, okay. You know, fell asleep. No big deal. Let's go ahead and get you, get you out of here. Get you processed. One problem Walker. <laughs> When they released who they thought was Henderson, which was Jacquez Scott, they made a record of that. So there's no way, even if Henderson's in jail, for them to release him. So now he's got to prove who he is. <laughs> so he's showing them everything, and the people are starting to, to starting to get the gist of it. And they're like, huh, okay, he, this is Quentin Henderson. So where's Jacquez Scott? <laughs> or no, no, or better yet, who was Quentin Henderson? Right, right. Who's trying the, to, who's the, trying to get out? Question. Yeah, like who, next who's on first, right? So um, it didn't take them long to figure out Jacquez Scott after going going through film and seeing, you know, activity and then, you know, locating a cell. So um, Jacquez is out doing his thing, you know, waiting for Quentin to come and, you know, pay up the 500 or whatever. And uh, he gets a knock at the door, <laughs> surprisingly enough. Uh, a, a so he's just chilling. Yeah, he's chilling at the crib. He's back at the crib. You know, they knock on his door. Um, someone comes to the door, of course. Once they ask for Jacquez, Jacquez tries to flee. And um, they, they end up getting him, bringing him back. And I guess what makes, and I don't know who the player of the week is here, but I guess the silver lining in this, Walker, is once everything was settled, Quentin Henderson and Jacquez Scott remain in jail. Quentin. <laughs> Say it again. Quentin Henderson. Yeah, yeah. They're, That's they're... who played himself. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you could have gotten out. Like, you saying. were, you were, you got to the end. Dude, but, like. And for $500 <laughs> that you won't get, clearly. You definitely not get that now. <laughs> Yeah, he played him. That's who. That's my vote, at least, <laughs> without question. Dude, I tell. I, I, I can't even be mad at the other guy for even Jacquez, trying. That. Yeah, yeah, like, he was just trying to. Yeah. Yeah, and, I can't even get mad at him. Like Henderson was dumb enough to take the to take the bait. <laughs> Dummy. So yeah, so um, for you kids watching this, if you're ever in jail, which I pray you're not, uh, use your head. Dude was, dude was minutes away 
literally minutes away from getting released. Now, now he got to stay in there longer. Anyway, so. Did it say how long? How much longer? Uh, let's see. It's in here somewhere. That's an amazing story, by the way. I, yeah. Actually, I like that one better than mine. It just, it doesn't say how long, but they're both being held uh, with a $25,000 bond. So, go figure. What's the charge? Uh, aiding aiding and abetting the escape of a felon they both they both were charged with that <laughs> which i wouldn't think the jaquez who actually did kind of escape would get that same charge but whatever yeah i mean you know yeah of course it's crazy man <laughs> um you got anything else bro that's all i got man I would have wise words, but I'm just let's just wrap this up. <laughs> let's just wrap this up. I'm I'm done. Um, guys, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for sticking out and making it this far. If you've made it, uh, have a safe, wonderful week. We'll try this again next week. Uh, this is the Tipping Point Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.